Hi, hello, and welcome to the PlayStation Report. This is episode 156, and I'm Frank, alongside Tyler, as always. How you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I am doing just fine. Cat's waking me up really early this morning. Yeah. As they decide to do. Um, Generally, I, I work on stuff until around four in the morning. And then these cats decide that, hey, breakfast time is 7 o'clock. Uh, dude, get yeah. out of bed. Yeah. And, yeah, that's just the, our schedules are not in sync. My cats seem uh, a little too eager to wake me up. Yeah. Cats do that. And they, they just run. Like It isn't violent or any. Well, it's sort of violent. They run into me. Like, they headbutt me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they start playing really rough on top of me while I'm laying in bed, chasing each other around and stuff. Yeah. And then at some point, one of my cats likes to get up right next to my ear and meow as loud as she can. Mm. And that's usually the last straw for me. <laughs> Except it was really, I was frustrated this morning because I got up to feed them. And the cats moved their water bowl, and I wasn't really that awake, so I feed them, and then I turn around to get back into bed, and I step in the damn water bowl, Uh, and I have wet feet, and it's uh, just gross. That's awful. I hate when that happens. That's happened to me before. I'm like, why do you motherfuckers have to move the water bowl? Cats can be little little shits. Mm. Uh, Mine will, it's six o'clock. And she'll just sit outside the door and just cry until we get up. And just cry and cry and cry, like, so loud. And it's just nonstop. Like, I don't know how she doesn't blow her voice out. It's crazy. But then we'll let her in, and if we're not getting up to feed her right away, she'll just start knocking shit over. Mm. Just knocking everything off. You got a full glass of water or something? On the floor. It's bad. Mm. Cats make sure they... They uh, get fed. Yeah. They make sure, sure to let you know. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about getting one of those automatic feeders so I don't have to be involved in the process too much. Yeah. They can get mad at a machine. <laughs> yeah. It's the machine's fault mm-hmm. when they're not fed. Yep. But this isn't <sighs> about cats, this podcast here. Um, it's about... Also, not about Gundam, which I've been watching a shit ton of fucking Gundam. Oh, my God. Gundam? Yeah. Yeah? I've gotten on a Gundam kick recently. It's it's a problem, but not a bad problem, mm. because Gundam is good, and you should give it a chance sometime, but he, I know you won't, because he, you're awful. Are you ready to shake your head? You want to know my experience with Gundam? All I've you done, played a bad Gundam game, didn't I you? I played those Dynasty Warrior Gundam Fucking games, shit. like early 360. Oh my they were God. really bad, but that I was so into the Dynasty Warrior games. Like I played every single one of them, and I'm like, "Hey, Max, sure." That's my only experience with Gundam. I had no clue what was happening. God damn it! I think I almost got all the achievements in one of them. <laughs> I think I played the second one, and then I then I'm like, "What am I doing?" I mean, that's that's how it is sometimes when you play games anymore. You just you just start playing it and you're like, "What the fuck am I doing?" Yeah. And that was that was my experience this week playing trying to get back into Dragon Quest 11. Oh, really? Yeah. Not working out for you. Yeah, it's just I feel like the story in that game is so bad. Mm. 
I, I just the main arc itself, not even some of the smaller side stuff that I got frustrated with earlier. It's just, man, this this whole arc that it's going on is just frustrating as hell. Uh, I'm going to spoil it a little bit here because, honestly, it's not a story worth not being spoiled on. Uh, so basically, the entire like first half of the game, and presumably for time before the game happened... Uh, the king has been possessed by the big bad evil Mordigan, who is some evil force who some heroes put away a long time ago. And then, so the, this king is the one that's basically causing all your problems, sending his soldiers after you. For the whole first half of the game, and then it's revealed that he was possessed, and then this king that was possessed, Mordigan leaves him, and this king is left there who doesn't remember anything, but he, he is sure still in charge and telling you what to do. Mm. And it's like, yo, motherfucker, I don't give a damn that you were possessed. Uh, <laughs> your kingdom has fallen. And the first thing he wants you to do is go clear out his castle so he can sit on his throne again. Nah. Nah. <laughs> and I'm like, man, fuck you. Yeah. There are bigger problems than your goddamn throne. Yeah. People and thrones. I mean, the actual explanation for it is that, oh, the source of the evil that's like, so Morgan has some servants and like the local source of that, of the evil causing problems in the area is sitting on the throne. So go clear it out for me. But also like, okay, so that's your priority. Like you're, you can't, man, it's frustrating, but, and it doesn't really do anything new with mechanically with JRPGs. It's very basic. Yeah. It's all shit I've seen before in other games, and I'm just not... I'm not sure what the hell I'm doing yeah, playing that not, game. Yeah, not feeling it anymore. No, definitely not. Especially yeah. now, like, I'm noticing now, like, how bad the sound... Like, how bad the music is actually done in that. Like, it sounds like it's MIDI music. Mm-hmm. Like, and we know f- uh, that later this year that the Switch version... The special Switch version that's coming out is coming with a fully orchestrated soundtrack, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's just super frustrating. Yeah, like there are just there's so much about that game that pisses me off. It's kind of quite shocking some of the features that are in the Switch Switch version that may never be in a PS4 version. Yeah, there's like it's not like it's small stuff. Like it's some significant content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and that to me like a game like that i guess depending on how close you are to the ending like you know if you're just not feeling it that's just not a thing i'm to, looking at the trophy list and it looks like in. i'm only about halfway through it yeah like that's something that unless you really want to push forward you know there's better games you can play with your time mm-hmm. that you'd be feeling a lot more you know what i mean would you like to tell me of some of these better games that have been taking your time <laughs> I can tell you about one game, yes, that I think is a better investment, and uh, two, one potentially, and another one that I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure anymore. Huh? Which huh. one? Which one do you want to hear about first? You know what? Let's just start with the good stuff. Okay. We played the new Destiny Two stuff. Yes, we did. The new season of the Drifter started, and. Uh, Ads, if you're an annual pass subscriber, purchaser, um, add some pretty cool content to the game. Uh, first of all, there are uh, power surge quests that 
will boost you up to 640, providing if you want to infuse those things, you have materials. Unlike yeah, just wear the blues. <laughs> just wear the blues until your weekly powerful yeah. engrams fill you out. You could, but uh, I'm like super low you remember, on materials. You remember what happened when Forsaken dropped and we were like, oh, fuck, we can't keep up with all this shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is to a degree that way, but there's like some cool stuff that I would like to use, mm-hmm. and I'm just so low on materials. Like, it's crazy how low on materials I am, and now I'm out of glimmer, so I can't buy materials. But at this point, it's just waiting until you get a legendary drop. Um, so you can get up to 640. They haven't bumped the power level up yet. Well, no. They, yes, they have. The, did the, they? the cap is 700 now. Yeah, okay. Okay, 700. Yeah. As I was saying that, I'm like, no. I saw someone that was like 652 or something. So, yeah, they did bump that a little bit. But getting up to 640, I mean, those quests were really easy to do. The one is kind of a, a grind because you have to go do two public... Uh, Gosh, I'm blanking. Public events and then uh, three destination quests. And just depending on, I guess, I mean, what you want to do. If we picked up the destination quest before we did the public it events, helped. we would have been pretty helped. much on our way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We, It's just that we misread the uh, actual right. quest itself. That's the only one that I think is maybe a little grindy because the other ones, you know, you can do one strike, one crucible match and one game and match and then you're there. Um, so that's a good way to, to level up now. And then we played some Gambit Prime, which yeah. is the new variant of Gambit. One round. One long round. It cracks me up that they're like, we're looking to speed up Gambit. And so here is a game mode that is one round, yet it's still probably a 20-minute investment per match, you know, depending on mm-hmm. how how competitive the match is of course but it's still an investment to play gambit and gambit prime i think is it's an interesting spin on it for sure i think it does some cool things for gambit i just think it needs a little bit of balancing yeah there, there's sure. some work that needs to be done on it and yeah some things that can't necessarily be fixed on the maps that are now uh but Right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what that other map is that they're going to drop in Gambit. Yeah, me too, me too. So there is a new map, New Arcadia, which is a neat map, but, uh, I mean, we'll get into it a little bit. But anyways, Gambit Prime, how it works now is it's one round, uh, 100 moats that you got to deposit, but you can steal moats from the other team uh, by invading and doing some things. Um, and then... When the primeval spawns, it's not just shooting the primeval to take its health down. You have to kill three envoys. Yes. And then it'll spawn like a charged area, that uh, a buff area that will allow you to do extra damage to the, Correct. the boss. Correct. So it's a lot. It's kind of a process. And the envoys don't spawn in just one spot. They spawn all around the map. So you, you kind of have to travel as a team to go around the map and just wipe out these envoys as fast as you can. Then all stand in the buff zone because the more players you have in the area, the more you'll do. And mm-hmm. you have maybe like 15, 20 seconds or whatever to just do a ton of damage. And it seems like the longer that goes, the easier it is to kill the boss mm-hmm. eventually because it's usually like three three or four go-arounds. And if nobody's won at that point, like we took out the primeval. Granted, we had two supers going, uh, but we took literally its whole entire health down Yeah, pretty quickly. So 
that's kind of just kind of how it works. The big bounce issue to me is it was really frustrating. One of the matches we played, like we were crushing the other team. Yeah. It wasn't I mean, even close. It was not even close by the time we got our prime evil and they had maybe 50 moats in. So they had a long ways to go, but they're putting moats in spawning captains. Cause they changed this up too. So you can spawn a captain, a knight, or goblins now. And the goblins will provide you the shield immunity yeah. that, uh, that taken goblins usually do. Yeah. So they're really easy to kill, but they might, throw the shield on yeah. to make someone immune and it's an interesting uh, new wrinkle into Gambit but the problem with that was is there was so much being sent at us and then they were able to just constantly go through the uh, yeah it seems the like the invasion portal timed out to whenever we were about to do damage on, yes. the, on the boss so then we're, we're like crushing this team and we keep you know, getting to the point where we can do damage on the boss, we do a bunch of damage on the boss. They come in where they might get a kill or two on us, and now we're and back it looks to like the we same just, spot. We didn't do shit. Yeah. So what's the point? Yeah, you know, it was just it was just really frustrating. And then it got to the point where they then had their primeval, and we're like dead even in a way when really we've been crushing them the whole time. Mm-hmm. We ended up winning though, which is good. But like just some. Some tweaks. I think there's just needs to be a little bit of tweak, tweaking with the invasion and the amount of health that's done or something mm-hmm. with that because it, it it was always the most frustrating aspect. Yeah, of and playing. the point I was talking about earlier is like that with the maps is that a lot of the times, like for two of the three points where it spawns that buff area. Uh, two of them are very close to the center area yeah. where blockers will spawn, yes. so you can get flooded pretty easily on those two two spots. Yeah, and that's not something that they can fix currently with that map. But I'm hoping that th- maybe the new map will be balanced better than that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, especially you know you, you go from where the um, the uh, bank is to deposit the moats, the area to the left that the buff spawns that's the worst area i think because the one on the right i think can be a problem because you are close to where things spawn but there's that rock there that you can Mm -hmm. all hide behind whereas on the left side it's in the worst spot and there's nothing to hide behind so sometimes it was like we got the buff but what there's no point in even trying to do anything because there's so much around us that we would end up just clearing stuff it is an interesting wrinkle into gambit and I, i like it I just think a little bit, a little bit of tweaking, and then mm-hmm. it's then it's there. Hey, it's another powerful engram you can get each week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's a separate thing from Gambit itself. So you could play four matches of Gambit Prime, and then three matches of Gambit, and those are two separate engrams. Mm-hmm. Um, there is also the reckoning mode, um, which we haven't done yet. Correct. So that's something that we're going to try to do soon because guy gets recommended. For, yeah, recommended six fifty. Um, yeah. I'm going to be there pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might actually be... If I get all my engrams this week, I might be there. Okay. I think that might be the case if you're... Mm-hmm. For you, even. Yeah. I'm at 641. I know mm-hmm. I know yeah. me. So... I mean, I got lucky with a few prime engram drops, and I got an exotic drop. Yeah. Some really cool gauntlets that make my... That, Basically forced me into playing this the solar. Uh, I forget what those gauntlets are called. Um, I can look them up here. Mm-hmm. Titan exotic gauntlets. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it's like uh, it makes my fusion grenades for, on my solar class uh, explode on impact and do a lot more damage. Oh, it's called the Ashen Wake. Mm. Um, they look. I think they look pretty cool. Uh, I put a shader on to match everything else I'm wearing. But yeah, I I've been getting some lucky drops recently, and I I can't complain about the drops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also like consumables that you get at the end of the match, yes. uh, depending on how you played. So there are armor sets, uh, depending on how you play, um, whether it's collecting moats They're just, and I mean, all that stuff. They call them armor sets, but really it's just a buff that you, it's just a thing you consume and it gives you a buff. There's actual armor sets. Well, no. okay. Yeah. But the buff itself is like, it just, it's just a buff. Yeah. Like, yeah, it doesn't do anything like crazy or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a good update, and there's still some more to come with it. And uh, there's the whole Joker's Wild thing. That's yeah, we'll see a what new that thing is. that's supposed to happen this season. Thorn is coming back. I'm excited for that because I yeah. that's one memory, one good memory I have of of uh, Destiny <laughs> One is uh, Thorn because it's such a bullshit weapon. It is. It is. The, the one weapon that I want them to bring back is the bad juju. That was my favorite weapon in Destiny 1. Such a good good weapon. Uh, but yeah, Thorn coming back is a good one. Destiny 2 is a good game. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's taken Forsaken and some other updates to get it there, but I think Bungie has realized what people really like about it. They've realized and figured out a good flow with the game. And I think some of these content drops have been been good. And it's good to, you know, focus on stuff like this rather than a story that most people will probably uh, think is bad anyways. Because mm-hmm. most of the time, let's be honest, they were. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. So I played that. Go play a lot more Destiny 2. We got to do uh, Forges now. That we yep. powered up some. I I need to finish off one of my quests right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have a frame, but I need to fill it out before I. Yeah, me too. So do that. The next thing I I'm going to talk about is Kingdom Hearts Three. Yeah, is this good? <sighs> I don't know how I'm feeling about this game anymore. Um, <laughs> I am getting close to the end, I think. I have one more Disney World left, and then I think there's only two worlds after that, um, which aren't Disney World. So I'm getting towards the end of it. But So I played through uh, Arendelle, which is the Frozen World, the Caribbean, from parts of the Caribbean, and 100 Acres Woods from Winnie the Pooh. So... A Hundred Acre Woods has been in a lot of Kingdom Hearts games, and it's always been a place of um, a lot of mini games for the most part. And like in Kingdom Hearts One and Two, it wasn't the greatest place in the world, but it was kind of charming to see Winnie the Pooh, and it's still charming to be there because it looks really good in this version, being on PS4. Um, but man, it's bad mini games really bad mini games and that's all it is and it just kind of stinks i wish there was a little bit more to it but basically they're almost like a match three sort of game but they're all like the same stuff it's like collect honey 
pick flowers, sort of stuff like that. And it, it's so bad to me at telling you what's happening that I had no clue what's happening. And I just was hitting the X button and shooting this pumpkin into this patch and just doing whatever. Uh, they were really bad mini games. I'm like, whatever. Like the numbers going up and I'm almost to the point, you know, where I'm good and that's it. It probably, it was like 20 minutes hmm. in this world. And I'm like, ah, I just wish there was a little bit more to it. The frozen world was, is one of my favorite worlds in the game so far. Uh, it was really fun to explore that world. They get you into this. Uh, I mean, people watched the movie probably know I haven't seen frozen, so I didn't really understand the story at all. Um, but the uh they get you in this labyrinth is what it's called it was just this kind of maze sort of thing and they let you go for a long time and that's what i liked about it because i felt like i was just getting in the groove of really cool combat scenarios very light puzzles to figure out ex exploring this this maze sort of area. i'm like this is really cool you know i'm really digging this so overall that world is probably one of my favorites because it just kind of let you go and, and the world was really fun to explore mm. music was good mm, i see what you did there ha! i see what you yeah, did there I, did, I didn't try that but it but it happened mm. they do the whole song the entire thing. Okay. Isn't that just the movie? Basically. Uh, apparently, they tell basically the story of the movie, but they just kind of jump around a lot. Um, yeah, they do the whole song, and you, you're you damn fucking right. I turned that shit up. Oh, I did you? ranked it. <laughs> huh. Oh, well, it's, it's, great. It's not the greatest song in the world, but whatever. And I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like... This is so unnecessary and it doesn't add anything to this right now. And I feel like they're doing it just because they felt the need to do it because that's something that is very popular about Frozen. And I'm like, no wonder why this game took so long to make because they have to animate pointless shit like this, but whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it was a neat world. It's one of the longer worlds. It took me like four hours to get through, which most of them you can probably get through in two to two and a half. But this one took me a long time to get through for some reason. Then I played the Pirates of the Caribbean world and they had Pirates of the Caribbean in uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 and it was fucking awful. It was so bad uh, because they didn't get any of the voice actors from Pirates of the Caribbean, like the Jack Sparrow they got was so bad, dude. So, so bad. Um, and the world just didn't look the best. And it, it, it was a little unnecessary. But in 2005 and six, Pirates of the Caribbean is a really big, massive deal at the time. Yeah. Flash forward to 2019, Pirates of the Caribbean isn't as big of a deal. And it's... They definitely tried some different things, and there's a lot of potential in this world, but I just found it to be so fucking aggravating to play through it. And I was at the point where I'm just like, I don't want to fucking do this, but in order to see the rest of this game, tell I me. have to go through this world right now. Tell, tell me about them crabs. <sighs> so let's let's walk through this. There's some... I'm not... There's. I'm not going to get into the Kingdom Hearts story spoilers here. They tell the story of the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie. And if you haven't seen that, 
go watch it. It's it's a neat movie. But that's what they tell. So if you haven't seen that movie at all, you're fucking lost mm, in, okay. in this one. Really bad. I start off, you're, you and Jack Sparrow, which it's not Johnny Depp, but it's a much better voice actor this time around. You can, you like... It's not awful, but it, you can tell it's not him at all um, with the way certain lines are delivered. So you're chasing some some ship in a desert-like area, really frustrating enemies coming at you, but you're timed to get through it. And the ship is shooting at you the entire time, like a ton of cannonballs, while you're getting shot at by powerful enemies. And I'm like, this is really frustrating. So I just flew past everybody. Finally got to this ship, got through that. Cutscenes. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of cutscenes. Kingdom Hearts mm. 3 has a lot of cutscenes. I'm like, mm. okay, fine. You know, it looks good. It's kind of scary how real a lot of these fucking people look in some of this shit. Very detailed and dirty and you know, like the shit like the movies. Uh then they're like, hey, you got a boat. Sail to that island, and it's not too far away. But it's like fucking cool. Let's go, man. I mm-hmm. I could sail around, get to the island, destroy like two ships. Done. Cutscenes, lots and lots and lots mm. and lots and lots of cutscenes. Then uh, explore an underwater area, swimming. You know, swimming hardly ever f- feels good in a video game. Certain games do it well. Like I think Assassin's Creed does it well with the recent entries. Um, combat underwater never feels good Mm. this doesn't really feel the greatest to me so it was cool to explore looked good but playing it i'm like i don't know then uh cutscenes lots and cutscenes like okay let's go baby and then they're like hey you want to sail the boat like yeah let's do it baby collect 300 crabs yeah and i'm like that sounds like a ps2 game to me like my face wow my computer just restarted anyways my face just like dropped I'm like are you fucking shitting me right now this is what I gotta do but I'm like maybe these crabs will be really easy to get and this won't take too long there's this big town you get to explore to get these crabs you have to watch for things to move or just whack the shit out of some trees or maybe you'll find them underground. And it's not like they made them noticeable, really. Like, they're white, but they kind of blend in with the environment, and they're not that big. So you might see two crabs. It took me a solid three or four minutes into uh, doing this to realize some of them are on the ground still. <laughs> and there's, like, two of them on the ground. I'm like, Jesus, so you have to beat the shit out of them. You might see, like, a little crate, like, moving, and it's crabs, like, carrying this crate. So you go beat the shit out of the crate. You beat the shit out of a cannon. And I'm like, okay, maybe they'll give me a lot for destroying this crate. Destroy the first crate. You get five crabs. And I'm like, I need 300. Oh, my God. So I'm just going from section to section of this town, whacking every tree. And if you... Pro tip, if you hit some trees, you might get like 20 crabs. And I'm like, oh. okay, cool. Why not? Uh, it was the grindiest thing. I was seriously like really frustrated. And I'm like, 
I feel like I'm wasting my time playing this right now. And then you get the ship and they're like, you want to upgrade the ship? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Find more crabs. I'm like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. No, it's driving me crazy. Then they let you go and they're like, uh, one of the, um, actual kingdom hearts guy show up one of a member of organization 13 he starts spouting his his really dark depressing stuff about hearts and all this stuff and he's like race me bitch and so i race him and i it was so frustrating to race this guy because would it have helped if you found more crabs and upgraded the ship well no probably not what i didn't realize was uh if you destroy certain ships because they start sending ships directly at you just to ram into you what i didn't realize is that if you destroy them you get a um like a uh, action uh move that you can do that speeds you up so it took me like three tries now that one's on me i get that but i'm like this is stupid that's all it is you just race but then you get into a big ship fight i'm like this is cool Give me more of this. And then the game finally lets you free to explore all of these islands, almost like an Assassin's Creed game. I'm like, this is cool. Why didn't you get to this point faster? Because like, I landed on a few islands and like found a bunch of chests and gotten a bunch of cool fights. I'm like, this is awesome. You know, the exploration of this feels really good. Uh, then you get in some, some more... Uh, intense ship battles you know it's just getting to that point and that's the thing with this game sometimes just getting to the point is so hard for this game to do and it's kind of always been a problem with kingdom hearts but you know that's kind of an issue with some of the worlds in this game they just does not get to the cool shit quick enough and it's just a little bit of a slog to get there um at the end the last boss fight, the last two, because there's two boss fights towards the end, are really well done. Really, really well done. Uh, so it's like, it's a world that I'm like, man, there's so much potential in this, but they just kind of fall on their face a little bit. So, mm, Not making me excited to get through the Kingdom Hearts <laughs> games. Yeah. It, it, it's definitely like an acquired taste sort of thing, I think. I'm looking forward to seeing it through. Um, and I have one more world to go through. So the big here six world, okay. I've never seen that movie, but looking forward to going into that world and seeing, seeing how this wraps up. Mm. I'm trying to get that. I won't, don't think I will have it done before the division two. Mm. Did you play any of the, of the division two beta? No, because I kind of know what that is. Mm -hmm. Like, nothing about it looks different from the Division 1, particularly. Like, mm -hmm. other than, hey, maybe there's some new abilities and shit, but the overall gameplay loop looked very similar to the Division. To yeah, me. You're, not, you're not wrong on that. Um, so I played a Division 2 beta for maybe two hours. Um, I, I enjoyed myself playing it probably more than I thought I would. You're not wrong in saying that it's a lot like The Division because it definitely is. And you get to the, like, it looks a lot better. Um, combat felt better, at least so far, in that, like, the first game, 
dudes in hoodies were running at you and you would put 20 shots into them and they wouldn't be dead. And this one, I felt like they were dying a little bit quicker um, than in the first game. So it just felt a little bit better. Um, you know, the, the abilities were a lot like the division one abilities. Like I had a little turret that I could sit up on cover and it would just wreck a bunch of stuff. I'm like, okay, this is, this is neat. Uh, I'm like, all that stuff was cool. The white house is your base of operations. That's where you're going to upgrade yourself. Kind of like the base of operations in the first game. Uh, and, and there's a lot more to upgrade in this game. Um, there's like certain, uh, there's new missions now called SDC, no SHC, I think. I'm forgetting the acronym, but they are specific missions you can go on to get specific materials to upgrade your skills. Hmm, okay. So that's kind of a newer thing. Uh, what when it hit me, I'm like, this is the division. Is when I had to travel to the first main mission that they give you to do, and it's just just like very boring empty world to be in and yeah it looks good there's a lot of detail to the environments but it's not particularly exciting it's a little bit more exciting than uh the first game in new york because new york was just kind of boring to look at and here it's in dc it's a little bit you know more sunlight more more uh vegetation and stuff and, and just running to that, and I would run into like a group of like three dudes, and I would just kill those three dudes, and then move on. I'm just running down the street and all this stuff. Like, this is the part of the division that I really didn't enjoy at all. It was mm-hmm. kind of lame. Um, got into the mission. The mission was cool to do. Uh, you can match make. I chose not to, uh, but it was kind of challenging for me and I enjoyed that like I'm like pinned behind covers like six dudes shooting machine guns at me and I can only pop out every now and then to pop a dude in the head and you know put my ability down like that intense sort of firefights was something that was neat about the first game uh and it felt good here to do uh went through the mission took the boss out got loot I was a better dude by the end of it my numbers went up like all right cool there's another thing called settlements, which I don't think was in the first game. So apparently it's going to be a bunch of different settlements around and you can get uh, extra missions and equipment and all sorts of stuff out of these settlements. So not only are you upgrading your base of operations, you're upgrading these settlements at the same time. I think that's just another neat aspect to it that could be cool. Um, and then, what's the last thing I did? I'm trying to remember the last thing I did. I totally just had a mind for it. I, I did something else in the game, but uh, yeah, it. There's good things about it, and if you like the division, I think this is a good division. Mm. If you didn't like it, uh, then I'm. You know, it's kind of really up in the air if you want to return to it or not you know if you feel like playing through something and seeing your numbers go up and shooting some dudes in the face then it could be a fun time um i i walked over, i in my two hours that i played i went i'm having a good time playing this it's not a perfect game it's not an overly improved game but 
uh, it was it was fine hmm. for sure. In the way the the inventory works is kind of the same, but I felt like it was just better organized. It was a little bit easier to understand. The map still looked pretty sweet. Like I, I loved that in the first division. Like yeah, you pulled the map there, there, like yeah, the there are things about the division it, that I liked, and yeah. like the UI is one of them. Yeah, it was slick. It, it, it seemed way more slick in this one. Mm-hmm. When, when I first pulled up that map, I'm like, "Fucking, I wish all maps looked like this." Yeah. Ubisoft's good at designing maps mm-hmm. that look top, good. We should do, uh, do a top ten maps yeah. in video games. <laughs> we should, the, the the map in Far Cry Five is probably the best part about it. Like, mm-hmm. The map looks fucking awesome, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, the map in Division 2 is really good. Yo, you remember that the last boss in the Division was a helicopter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Let's hope uh, the Division 2 is better than that. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking and I'm hoping. It does seem like, like Ubisoft learned a lot from the first game and just jumping into it for like two hours. I'm like, okay, this seems like it is a better experience, but it might not be... What uh, what you might find exciting, you know, it's kind of like I enjoyed playing the division in terms of like I like doing the missions and they were fun to do with friends. But everything in between wasn't the most exciting. The dark zone was kind of hit or miss. I think it's a cool aspect, but it could be very frustrating at the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm on the fence about. About picking it up because when I was playing, I'm like, okay, I could get into this just like a completely new sort of loot grind. Like I've mm-hmm. just been playing like Destiny Two is kind of my loot game that I go to. But you know, you get to a point in that where you're, where you're not getting as much cool stuff all the time. Yeah, you know, where sometimes when you start something and fresh, you know, it yeah, be cool. Oh, we'll see. That's the Division Two. All right, all right. Comes out next Friday. Yeah, that is soon. Yes. Um, what have you played? I've been talking for a while. That's all I played. Uh, I've dug a little bit more into Trials Rising, yeah. the latest Trials game, and I've hit kind of a wall where I have to grind out the same events that I've been doing. Sometimes I'll have... So the way the game's structured is that you have your you have your levels, of course, but also there are like the sponsors that have contracts for you to do specific things on each level. And that is basically how you grind the experience you need to level up and unlock more tracks. Because at the point I'm at right now, uh, that's the only thing I can really do is repeat tracks with contracts uh, attached to them until I level up to a high enough threshold to unlock the next set of tracks. Mm. Even though I've beaten every track... I've even gotten, like, in the most recent, the hardest set that I've done so far, I've gotten gold in a few of them, and I've, it's not like, it's not a matter of, oh, I wouldn't be able to handle the next set of tracks, it's a matter of, oh, I haven't met the experience threshold to play next tracks. And that's really frustrating, because I just want to play more trials. Is there any monetization stuff that would make that go faster? No, actually, no, no. It's all cosmetic. Like, it's not that cynical, but also, like, it's not well-designed. Maybe if in 2017, that's a thing that might have happened. (laughs) Maybe. Although, I don't know. hmm. 
Yeah, I guess so. I, they did have a little bit of that kind of uh, experience boost stuff in Assassin's Creed Origins, didn't they? I'm not sure. It might have been in Origins. It's definitely an Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's... Uh, I just want to play more Trials. I want to play new tracks, but mm-hmm. it's okay. I've didn't done the Trials, uh, all the Trials University stuff that I have unlocked, and that stuff is really cool. I actually noticed that, oh shit, I'm a lot better at Trials now that I've done this stuff, and I understand some of the concepts, like how to utilize a bunny hop and land on vertical surfaces or make jumps that look like they're too high. And like there's there's a lot of cool stuff in there that it teaches you and I, that is, that is one part of the game that I really enjoy. Um but yeah, trials. It it's a good trials game. I just wish it didn't hold me back from playing more tracks. Yeah. Yeah, that that seems like a frustrating aspect of it. Yeah. Uh I've also finished a couple of games. Yeah. Anthem. I was pretty close to finishing Anthem last time we recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out I needed to grind some side quests to gather a material that for to craft an item for the main quest. Uh, so it tries to tie in that stuff. Um, or you could go and free roam and look for very specific enemies, but it's easier to just do the side stuff. Um, but yeah, I've got. I did the last mission of that and. It's a pretty cool final battle, although, and I, I enjoyed playing that mission. It's just that the actual story that unfolds from there on and within, it just doesn't pay off in any particularly great way. Really? It's like, it's okay, we did that. Yeah, all right, mm-hmm. that's that. That's a problem solved. Looks, oh shit, look, there's another problem with more content on the horizon. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, I, it feels like they knew that this was a game as a service, but they wrote it to be a game as a service yeah. in that in that way, where it's like no particular story in, in this game is going to be satisfying. It's just going to set up the next thing to keep you in. Yeah, see, that stuff kind of sucks. You know, can, can you I feel like Destiny a... has done better by that too. I feel yeah. like Destiny stories have had some sort of major payoff at the end of them mm-hmm. like some something big happens it's just in like in anthem like like it's not really a spoiler like the main thing that is haunting that world is this thing called the heart of rage and oh boy you go into the heart of rage you sure do mm-hmm. is yeah, it uh good enough to where you're like yeah i want to see what's happening next uh, so the thing that they do tease is something that's interesting. Um, basically, they talk about this race of uh, creatures called the Urgoth throughout the story. Like you, you hear it referenced, and especially if you read the 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 cortex in the game, if you read that kind of stuff, you you understand a little bit of the history there and why the Legion of Dawn was created and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it is basically the return of this old enemy that you thought was done for. Okay. And that like there's there's room for interesting stuff to be told there. I just hope that they do it better than they did the main story of this. I'm just worried that yeah, it's not I going I to. really wonder because their roadmap they have like three separate acts that they said they're going to drive. Like how substantial are they going to be? Mm-hmm. You know. 
because it feels like the game needs something substantial. Yeah, because sure as hell it isn't the loot. <laughs> mm-hmm. That the, the loop of playing that game for, like, the actual loop of trying to level yourself up and make your character more powerful is not very interesting because nothing that you get is interesting. It's just, I've talked about this before, but it's just stuff with higher numbers and it's not, and different modifiers and it's not necessarily anything like there are some named weapons, but they are just based off of models of the common weapons that you see throughout your experience playing the game. Yeah. And that, that, that stuff's just, that sucks because like destiny, for example, like, you know, what you're chasing is typically something that's interesting, Mm -hmm. something that's really cool, like a game-changing sort of... Yeah, something that behaves differently than other weapons. Yeah. And, like, and Anthem just doesn't have that. It it has, it's, I want to say it has probably close to 20 weapons, all in all, 20 weapon models. Wow. Maybe more than that. Maybe it's closer to 30, but still, it has its set of weapon models and just stacks numbers and stats on top of them. Mm-hmm. Not all that interesting, but I'm I'm bought in already. I'll, I'll see what's next. It isn't like the, the new content is costing me anything. I th- It's all free from what I understand. Yeah. So, yeah, they've got that going for them. Uh, I also beat... Metro Exodus, which I am much happier about. Um, of course, it, like, so I think the last time I talked about it, I was on these Caspian Sea level where you're in this desert. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I feel like this, this game, it has an open world, but a lot of the missions take you into areas that are tighter and feel more like traditional Metro levels. Mm-hmm. Which is good. I, I think they do those tight spaces really well. I think they, the way they mess with lighting and environment, it's it definitely gives you like you would think that an open world wouldn't wouldn't be able to like make you feel that claustrophobic fear and like all that kind of stuff. But this game does a good a good job of even in those open areas having the having these smaller zones that you have to go through like make you feel that mm-hmm. um yeah i i just think overall it's a pretty well designed game and i i like the levels like i i've played through a lot of it in stealth i've done i did like the entire last mission in stealth where i was not i didn't take damage and i like i didn't well outside of some quick time event stuff mm-hmm. but yeah i just like there are ways to get through that game without really killing anyone or like or you could go in fucking guns blazing but it might suck for a little bit because resources are limited if you play especially if you play on higher difficulties I like that sort of stuff when you can go all stealthy Mm mm-hmm yeah, and there's certain there's certainly rewards for that especially like there there's an implication that if you go in guns blazing like perhaps you lose a team member or if you kill the wrong people, like there's this one level where there are these two factions. One of them is sort of innocent a little bit. Like it's like the remnants, the, the children that were left at school the day the bombs dropped. Mm-hmm. And like all they had were the teaching of, of like they all they had was their teacher and what they taught them. 
and like certain people within the group interpreted his teachings one way certainly interpreted the other and like there's also bandits there but like you're supposed to not kill these kids who were just growing up on these teachings but the bandits are fair game yeah that's, like, a, that's a cool aspect yeah it's it's that's, that's neat yeah, that's I, good storytelling. I like it, and like there's also there's definitely a lot of bonus stuff you can do through in in the open world too. Like, I I missed some things, and, and I lost a team member because I didn't do everything that that was presented. So it definitely encourages that. I got a pretty okay ending. There are I think there are two endings to this. Especially, uh, like, when I looked back through the trophy list after I beat the game. Yeah, it definitely seems like there are two endings. Uh, but, yeah, I I really like it. I hope that... I don't know what they would do with another Metro game. Uh, I hope yeah. they make another game, whether it's Metro or not. I think they, they've made some pretty interesting games. Mm-hmm. Games that are definitely different than a lot of other first-person sto- first story-driven single player games I think yeah I, I think they've done pretty good with this one it's awesome I feel like the game's being overlooked just a little bit yeah probably I, because of when it released but you know I think it's a game people shouldn't sleep on yeah I, you know, it's one that I really want to get around to mm-hmm. yeah I, I just feel like it's a game that plays at a different pace than a lot of people are used to because we've we've had a ton of fast first person shooters yeah. in the past couple of years. Yeah, definitely. And like this one is one that definitely slows it down, slows down the pace a lot and I I think it's better for it. I don't, I don't think a fast version of Metro would have been great because mm-hmm. it doesn't really like there's a lot of thematic elements in that in just in the way that the world presents itself that makes going through it slower actually more rewarding. Uh, but yeah, that's Metro. I don't know what to play now. Like <laughs> I'm done with Anthem. I mean, I guess there's some new Destiny 2 stuff and I guess I could grind out Trials Rising. I don't know if I'm going to I say I keep saying I don't know if I'm going to keep playing Dragon Quest 11, but you know, maybe I'll finish that. I don't fucking know, but I don't yeah. I don't know what I'll play now. Like mm-hmm. I'm wait I'm waiting for Sekiro. I yeah, think that's the I'm next game that. that I'm really looking forward to playing. Yeah. 2 weeks on that, right? Mhm. I think it's like March 22nd or something like yep. that. Yep. I forgot one other game that I played that I'll just mention briefly. I started Spyro 2. Oh, yeah. Those Rage. Part of that uh, remaster trilogy? Yes. And Spyro 2 has always been my favorite Spyro game. Yeah. So this one's really exciting to go back to because playing through some of these levels and being in some of these areas, I'm like, I remember this very, very fondly. And the loop of that game is a, it is the same for the most part as Spyro 1, um, but it just feels a lot better. There's a lot more mechanics that you can do, like swimming underwater and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Looks good, plays well. Recommend. Nice. Looking forward. I, I'm I'm already almost a third through that game, so I'm going to pound that out. Awesome. Hopefully platinum it. Really easy platinum. Hmm. All right. Well, it is early March, and you know what that means. It's time for... E3 news. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, we have some stuff about E3. Um, 
well, just one thing, really. Uh, EA is still going to have its EA Play right there near where the E3 is happening. But they will not be hosting a a traditional press conference. Um, I don't think they're going to be on a a stage at all, really. Yep. but yeah, we're not we're not going to be seeing EA on a stage anymore. Uh, that so we don't have Sony, we don't have EA. And Nintendo does their own thing. Yeah, who's next? Microsoft isn't like they moved their location of where they do their press conference. Yeah, so it's not going to be in the main mm-hmm. E three area. But I they still have like their floor space and stuff. Yeah, who knows on Bethesda. Yeah, who knows? I mean, and, I, and I then can Square, see of course, also who knows with Square. Yeah, Ubisoft will probably do something. I can see Bethesda doing one, um, only because I think Doom Eternal. They have no, Doom Eternal, and then they have the Wolfenstein mm-hmm. thing. The new, uh, not New Blood. Uh, what is yeah. it? Young Blood. Yes. Yes. So I could see it, um, but EA to me, it says a few things. Uh, one. You know, maybe they just don't have the lineup for it. You know, and we've maybe they seen don't them have in the, the past. For it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? But we've seen in the past. You know, their E three conferences are always, you know, not the most exciting, especially and, around like their sports stuff. They always yes. they always flub the sports stuff by bringing on someone who doesn't give a shit about video mm-hmm. games yes and they spend so much time on it when e3 just isn't the audience for those type of games like, and they don't need to be doing a big showing at e3 for those games because people were buying the fifas the maddens the nhls all the sports shit people who buy that stuff they know that stuff is yeah. coming every year yep they know what they're getting they've they've been trained like for the past couple of decades oh yeah there's a new sports game out this year let's check that out yeah so they've just never really been the most exciting sort of things and what we've seen sometimes is that and i think anthem's a good case of them just kind of mishandling the rollout of it and kind of the hype level of certain things um anthem battlefront those were good uh examples of that so i can i can see that and I, I just think about their lineup i'm like they got star wars jedi fallen order coming a new need for speed what was the other oh, plants vs zombies okay it, like is that enough to hold a conference you know maybe you talk about what what's next for anthem or apex legends or whatever but i just don't know if that's enough to to hold a conference for i mean mm-hmm. the titanfall thing whatever that yeah. is they they have some stuff but what, I, I what about their know. star wars game yeah jedi i mean jedi like wait, what, what do you think like where do you think that stuff gets out then if not at E3? Well, do, you, do you think that they do that at Star Wars Celebration or what? Yeah, yeah they I mean they said they are at doing it at Star Wars Celebration. But do you think Chicago. that's like that's the big thing that you would normally see on an E3 stage? Do you think it's to that scale of stuff that you'd see? I mean, I think this game is. I mean, it's a I mean, Star do you Wars think game. do you think what they show is to the scale of what they would normally oh, show on an at, E3 stage? At Star Wars Celebration? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, they've shown. I remember when the first Battlefront was the 
yeah, 2015, when it was going to come out that year, people saw it at Star Wars Celebration, but we didn't see anything as in the public mm-hmm. for a while. So maybe, but I could also see that, like, we know nothing about this game, so I could see them at least putting out a trailer for it. Yeah. So I don't know. But they do say that they're going to have some live streams, like multiple live streams uh, from EA Play, which I think is the way to go in a way of just fuck the conference. Here's the live stream focused on what's next for Apex Legends. Here's Mm -hmm. maybe uh, a level in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. You know, here's dumb shit and need for speed. You know, just maybe multiple live streams of, of games. That's probably the way to go. You know, because then instead of trying to appease to a wide number of people with a conference that most people will probably go, it wasn't really the greatest. Um, just do live streams and just make announcements for specific games. And the people that are interested in those games will tune into that. You know, it kind of plays to those audiences better. I think it is, it is a better idea, but it's just it's weird, man. The threes is changing. It's a weird year for this That's show. That's us predictions we have to do. That's true. That's true. Uh, it's just every year I feel like we get Shit, to the how point. Do we, how do we fucking cover E3 this year? Yeah, like, I know. We're going to have to talk about that because yeah. Sony's not going to be there. EA's not going to be there. If someone else drops out, there might not be much to talk yeah. about. <laughs> On this show specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah, it's just weird. I feel like every year, over the past few years specifically, we sit here in March and April and go, "E3 is going to be weird, man." Mm-hmm. But I feel like sure, this last year, year was last year was really fucking weird with what fucking Sony did. Like, what the oh, yeah. fuck? Definitely. Like, that was weird as hell. Definitely. And who knows? What, what will Sony have something close to E3? Like they say, I they're not going to be so. at E3. They're not going to do an E3 conference. But do they? Yeah. I don't think we if they have anything I don't think it's until the second half of the year mm. really and we I, see it at Paris Games Week Paris in, Games in Week in August right I think that's when that is yeah I think that's a good time uh, I doubt Gamescom I think there's just too much going on at Gamescom for what they would probably want to show PSX I think could be a very likely candidate for them to, to have a PSX this year and maybe Actually, have Paris stuff. Games Week is later. It's November. It's October 30th to November 3rd this year. Yeah. So I feel like PSX in December would be the time because then it's a, you know, that's nine months still of development time that these games could have. And maybe Sony is more locked at that point, more locked in on the big PS4 games that are left maybe they talk about what's next who knows but i just feel like that might be the best time i mean it, it, it's it would, seeming like for playstation specifically this is the year of dreams and that's the mm-hmm. only thing that i can really think of that sony's putting out mm-hmm. well apparently in all these previews days gone is cool oh oh yeah I, I forgot about that everything i've read is that it is a very triple a open world video game but it's a fun one We'll see. Okay. But but Dreams, for sure. I feel like Dreams is starting to, you know, I guess in terms of Sony exclusives, kind of dominate the conversation right now. Yeah. While we wait for the, the big three. Which one of them, I guess, we'll have to wait a little bit longer. I want Ghost of Tsushima. Out of all of them, I want Ghost of Tsushima more. Really? 
I mean, The I Last think, of Us 2, great, fantastic. I, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a fantastic game, but I have an idea of what that is. Right, 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 right. And I then I just don't believe Kojima's actually making a game. I don't know. I guess that's that's a good transition to to a story that we have. <laughs> yeah, so Death Stranding. The, art, the, the headline of this article reads, Kojima admits that Death Stranding is slightly behind schedule. Yep. Uh, so this happened in an interview, and uh, the quote was translated by Silicon Era. Um, but yeah. Is it any surprise to you? <laughs> no. Because I, I feel like any time... Especially like when big AAA games are planned, I feel like they always, they always cut short the time that they expect. They always try to do it too fast. Yeah, I feel like they always expect it to be done a lot earlier than it ever gets done. I. Yeah. You hardly ever hear of games finishing ahead of schedule. Right. Right. But I feel like Sony, what we've seen recently, especially with. God of War, I think, is a mm-hmm. very prime example of, like, they don't really give a shit how much time it takes. Yeah. I'm sure financially they probably do to a degree, mm-hmm. but Dreams is another one. Like, how long has Dreams been in fucking development? You know, they, they, and I'm sure they, I'm sure well, at least early been, access for Dreams isn't even a $60 thing. Right. Yeah. I'm sure they have, they have had an internal time frame all along because um, you, you need a schedule. For for projects yeah. like this, you need to have someone to manage it and try to push for dates to to keep things on track. But I feel like if this game pushes a little bit, you know, for whatever target that they had, it's probably okay. But but what if their target was to be the last PS4 game? <laughs> because it was it was announced to be a PlayStation Four exclusive. Yeah, I think it will be for sure. But does it release on the PlayStation 4? Yeah. Exclusively? Yes. Or does, does it, it release side-by-side with a PS5 version? I think it comes to the PS4 exclusively for a few months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. But he said, for whatever it's worth, Kojima says, many studios lag behind their planned release date, and Death Stranding is slightly behind our initial plan, but it's not too far behind. Mm. Whatever that means. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, uh, looking at the screenshot. It looks like they're just making a high-def Astroneer. I've I've played a lot of Astroneer in the past month or so. And, uh, you know, it's just a guy with a backpack running around the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. I have no idea what the fuck that game even is. Dude, And I I don't don't think anyone does. I don't either. Only Hideo Kojima knows what this is. Yeah, I wonder if the people developing it know what it is. There's just this guy, and he has this crazy well, ass. We have this model of Norman Reedus. What do you want to do with him? Mm-hmm. Make him naked. Give him a baby. Put him in, put the baby in a jar. Put oil in the world. Put these weird mm. ghosts in the world. Why not? Hey, call Mads Mickelson. Maybe he can join us in this crazy ass thing. Who's next? Who's the next celebrity in Death Stranding? Yeah, I forget who they announced at E3, 2018. And someone else in that trailer. I just remember watching that gameplay from last E3 going like, what is this? <laughs> like, it was so weird. Hmm. Such an intriguing game. All right. Um, hmm. I'm looking at, I'm looking here. Uh, hmm. Hmm. See, Mads Mikkelsen, Guillermo del Toro, 
Norman Reedus, Sam Porter Bridges, Leia Sado, Lindsay Wagner, is that? Yeah. That sounds that sounds right. Let me let me look up let me look up who this is. Um no mm, I don't recognize her. What what is you know what? It's not important. It's just that there's a lot of shit in fucking Death Stranding that we don't know what it's about and honestly I I don't care until yeah. it's out. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I do right. think it's out next year though. But yeah, there's definitely not a stage for it to be shown at E3. Yeah. All right. Well, hmm. Let's move into what else. We, let's talk about what we won't see at E3 is uh, Ubisoft fighting off Vivendi. Um, I think that we actually, like last year, Ubisoft, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Yves Gimo uh, came on stage and was like, yeah, we did it. We're not being bought out. Yep. Or something to that degree, but yeah, it's official that uh, Vivend now that Vivendi is selling off all of its Ubisoft stock. Uh, I believe it ordered, it owned almost, I think, about a quarter of Ubisoft at yep. one point. Yep. Almost. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. So. Oh my goodness. All right, so Vivendi was approaching 30% of... It had about 5.9% left that it's selling off now of mm-hmm. Ubisoft. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a thing. Um, some fresh owners of Ubisoft stock out there. Uh, we'll see what Ubisoft does this year at E3. I imagine there will be some Just Dance. Yeah. I agree. And the Division 2 DLC and... Dare I say Splinter? No, not Splinter. We're not going to see a Splinter Cell game. That just can't happen. That's not. That's not in the script for this year. Yeah. I'm glad that this isn't happening. I mean, it was. It was kind of a bad thing for it to happen because Vivendi is a much different company than Ubisoft, and Ubisoft has also made some pretty solid games over the past few years, and mm-hmm. no one really wanted to see this happen to to maybe change that. Yeah. yeah, Ubisoft's a big multi-billion dollar corporation, but I think they make some cool games. Yeah. So, good that they have control. Can continue to do whatever they want. For better and for worse. Hmm. The 9,000 editions of all of their games that you need a chart, a massive chart to figure out what each one is. But the ultimate That's just games. That's just games now, man. There's so many editions. sad. I don't like it. I just, it fills me with a slight bit of anger every time I go on IGN and see the complete guide to blank pre-order bonuses, you know? And it's like so many games. Like I saw today, what was it? The complete guide to one piece is whatever the new one is. Oh, God. Pre-order bonuses. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, uh, makes me sad every time I uh, see that. Yeah, there shouldn't see be, have to be guides to pre-order a video game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but oh, there is. God. It's frustrating. Oh, man. All right. Well, equally frustrating are the problems in Anthem. Because yeah. it appears that Anthem has a number of problems. One of them that I almost ran into um, 
Well, sort of ran into. Uh, so, Anthem is crashing PlayStation 4 consoles. It actually... Uh, there are problems where it shuts down your console and it acts like it's an improper shutdown. And in some cases, people have reported that they're... It's not bricked, mm-hmm. but it is corrupting the database on your hard drive, and you're going to have to rebuild your hard drive if yes. it happens to you. For me, it just shut down my console. Everything checked out fine, and I could keep playing. But it makes me not want to play Anthem for the risk of it wasting a lot of my time rebuilding that database on my hard drive. It's a scary thing, dude. Yeah. Man. Like, there's been a lot of hoopla over this um and yes it is a fixable issue but it's an issue that in my opinion just shouldn't be a thing now potentially through all the play testing they did this never happened until it got out into the wild and millions of more people were playing the game than you know than however many they had play testing it so okay maybe they didn't catch the issue because they didn't know it was going to be an issue but it's still it's like, I can't think of another game where this happened, you know, where, like, games crash, but c- crashed and shut your console off? That's a crazy, crazy-ass thing. Mm-hmm. And I get, I get game developments hard. I get all that stuff. But, man, that's just not a thing that should happen. <laughs> it's such a weird, weird, scary issue. You know, because mm-hmm. when the initial reports were coming out, that it was breaking consoles. It was like, oh, shit, that's bad. But it turns out it's it's not like you said, just got to rebuild it in safe mode. I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. Weird. Yep. But that's not <laughs> the only thing, Tyler, because the yeah. pro. This is the first I've heard about this one. So explain this. So when you start Anthem. Mm-hmm. You get a loadout for your javelin, a default loadout for your javelin, and it turns out that the gun provided in that loadout is the most powerful weapon in the game. <laughs> Even though it's a level one weapon, it is the way that some way that this game scales stuff so that lower level players can play with high level players has screwed up so much that this low-level weapon uh, will be the best thing that you can use. And it is just this default weapon that it gives you at the beginning, but there is visual evidence here of that weapon just flat-out doing more damage than a weapon of the same model that's a higher level. And it's it's kind of ridiculous. Um... Yeah. Yeah. That's in a loot based game. That's a big problem. Yeah, I'd you know? say so. Um I just hope that they don't do with this what they did with the people exploiting the other glitch where you could have other javelin abilities mapped to like mapped to different javelins through some sort of bug. Oh. They actually wow. banned people for that, for exploiting really? that. Wow! In a PVE game where it hurts nobody, yeah, not competitive in the least bit, but still they decided to ban someone for exploiting a bug in their game that they, and I think that's just ridiculous. It hurts nobody. No, I mean it shouldn't be a bug in the first place. Yeah, in my opinion. 
Um, and shit, if you find an exploit, like, there's no precedent to, like, the, there are other games <laughs> that use its direct competitor Destiny, I would say. There was the loot loot cave. Dude, those were good times. There was the loot cave. <laughs> Love and that. the way Des- way Bungie and uh, Bungie reacted to that was kind of funny. They made a joke out of it. Yeah. But they didn't go out fucking banning people. No, they just fixed the problem. Yeah. They made it easier to get loot. Yeah. Because that that's why people were doing it because it was so hard to get stuff. That was an easy way to do it, so they just made it easier and they made a joke out of it. Yeah, you know? but it seems that either I'm not sure if this is on Bioware side or EA side. I would I don't know who to implicate in this, but they have no they seem to have no sense of humor about this at all. Yeah, and I I don't know, man. It's it's frustrating. Yeah. I want them to fix this game. I want this game to be good. Mm-hmm. It's just there's a lot of work that needs to be done there, and I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to stick it out and keep playing this game while they figure this shit out. Yeah. I just think this this sort of issue is... It, 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 it's something that can be fixed, definitely. It's a I balancing just, thing. <laughs> but it's a ridiculous thing to have in a loot game. Because if I grinded forever to get a high-level weapon, but really the one I started with is the better one, fuck that. I just wasted all my time, you know? Mm-hmm. It sucks. But, yeah. Beware. If you have that default weapon, I wouldn't use it or else you'd get banned. Yeah. Based on the way that they've handled people exploiting their bugs. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time to move on to some cool stuff. Um, if you own an iOS device such as a Mac or iPhone, PS4 6.5 system update. This new firmware is allowing game streaming, remote play as it's known. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's the thing with the new firmware. I don't own an iPhone or a Mac, but if you do, you can do your remote play on that. I'm not sure how that works. I'm not sure about... I have no idea about uh, hardware peripherals for your iPhone. I'm not the guy to look for for that. Um, But yeah, apparently you can do that now. Um, It's not currently on Android yet, but I suspect that might happen later this year. R.I.P. Vita. Yeah. (laughs) Last Vita rolled off the assembly line in Japan not too long ago. It did. It did. That was one of the cool features about the Vita, is doing remote play, and mm-hmm. now you can do that just on your phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a cool idea. Interesting to see how work. games will work on that. I haven't yeah. really done much remote play, although you can do it on your PC currently, your Windows PC. That yeah. you'll be able to do remote play if that is what you own. Um, yeah, kind of want to try it just to just, just to see I, how it to works. See what's up. Yeah, it's kind of a an interesting thing. What cracks me up though is wasn't it PS4 the firmware update five? I think it was, and everybody was like, "Ooh, firmware update five or six or whatever. It's gonna be a big deal." And they did it. it was like nothing. Uh-huh. And here's like six point five, and it's actually like a pretty significant new feature. Some of their stuff's just a little whacked with some of their yeah. numbering and whatever, but. Oh well. Yeah, it's a cool feature. I don't know how many people will use it, but it's it's something. Hmm. 
And I wonder if this is something that maybe they have in a PS5. Maybe. Is there Perhaps. a remote play feature to your phone to be able to stream that sort of stuff? I don't know. Hmm. I'm going to reverse the order of these things just because uh, we have... Yeah, because a certain block of things makes sense to be next to each other. Uh, so first here, we have an update for Rainbow Six Siege. Yep. Some new operators dropping right now. Uh, you had this out here. Uh, care to share? Yeah. So Operation Burnt Horizon is out in the uh, year four for Rainbow Six Siege. Two more operators are out. Gridlock, which uses a new gadget called the Track Stingers. Uh she can dis- she can deploy on the ground to slow down defenders' movements or force them to abandon entrenched positions or slowly drain health. Um, there's a new defender. Mozzie is an Aussie hacker who can commandeer opposing players' drones with pest launcher bots. All right. So that's neat. I haven't uh, played Siege in so long. Yeah. I'd be so bad at it if I picked it up right now. Me too. Me too. Also, there's probably so many fucking operators that you wouldn't know who to play. Choose, you know, wouldn't know how to play certain operators. Yeah, I. You know, it seems like it's been working out for them because this game's been selling so well and has grown significantly. But like, just a balance. Uh, complications of constantly adding two new operators with every season it's just I'm sure a uh, a feat mm-hmm. All right. but, yeah. next up we have a block of some announced release dates Tyler I'm surprised that you put in an Elite Dangerous expansion in this list here considering I'm the one who's actually played Elite Dangerous. Yeah, well that's why I put it in there. I knew you have played this game and enjoyed it, so I think this is a thing people should know about if you I like will, Elite Dangerous. I will say full disclosure, I have not played the most recent stuff from Elite Dangerous, but there is stuff in this update that sounds interesting. Um okay, here we go. Hmm. 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 They've said it's the biggest update yet. Yep. 2020. Second half. Second half of 2020. Um, said there's just going to be some some uh, tweaks and other new smaller stuff until then. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's just like. I. What are they going to do to that game? Yeah, I really want to. There's, be. they've already done so much to it. I think it's become such a, a much better game than when, it, especially from its early access stuff. Um, yeah, I, what I want to do is get one of those uh, flight stick controllers to play this game with, because that's that's one that's probably the best way to play Elite Dangerous on console. It, you can do it on a gamepad, but mm. yeah. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I I'm not sure if I have time to get back into Lily Dangerous. Gosh. Yeah, at that, that point, game who knows? still seems to be doing all right. If they're going to launch something that big, mm-hmm. it does have it has a lot of uh, microtransactions. That is a lot of cool cosmetic shit. Mm-hmm. You can imagine what they'll do with spaceships and cosmetics. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. We've got other release dates here, such as Trine 4. We enjoyed playing Trine 1 and 2. Yes, very much. We didn't play Trine 3. No, 
But I heard bad things about it. They mm. tried changing it up to more 3D, I think, but now they're going back to the 2D yeah. aspect of it. And it looks very pretty. And I want to play it. But mm. trying for the Nightmare Prince is when is what it's called. So Yeah. I mean it it seems to have what's cool about trying. I mean it's a 2D uh, platform action platformer sort of thing, but a uh, emphasis on puzzle solving, different abilities with the different characters, uh, boss fights looks beautiful. Uh, yeah, trying two is the one that you and I played together, and that was a hell of a time. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed playing that game. So, uh, fall twenty nineteen is when it's supposed to be coming out. Yeah, you know what I don't like is when a headline says release details and there aren't any release details. Yeah, except for oh look, there's going to be a collector's edition. That isn't really a release detail that we need to know. But Mm. that is a thing. Like there is a collector's edition that's going to have all four Trine games in one package. Hmm. So. Yeah, I yeah, these games definitely look beautiful. I want to see more. I I want to play Trine Four because yeah. just just the art. It's we should play this game. Yeah, it, it looks cool. It was. I mean, it's it. I think Trine is best played with at least one other person. Mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, man, I want to say two. Was it just two player co op? I or, think so. I want to say because there's four different characters, wasn't there? Maybe there's three. I thought there it's was three so characters. Yeah. 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 Um, Anyways. Hey, trying four. Yeah. Cool stuff. And then, oh boy, I am so excited. <laughs> the Yakuza Studio is putting out Judgment on June 21st digitally. Uh, and apparently physically a couple days later on the 25th, you'll be able to pick it up in a store. Um, I th- I'm not sure if... Th- is it... Is, I can't remember... If another game has done it this way where they launch so close to each other, like, oh, hey, what's out digitally this day, but physically this day? I, I don't remember. Yeah, I do well, I do know that some games do release digitally, yeah. and then later, if they're popular, they get released physically. Yes, uh, and, and there is, in certain cases, with a lot of AAA games, Anthem's an example, you pre-order, you get the game a week early, but... You know, so a lot of times you have to pre-order like the super ultimate edition or something mm-hmm. very expensive, which here it just seems it's like just straight it's up. Hey, game. it's it's available digitally this yes. day and physically that day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this coming from the, the Yakuza studio. Uh, yeah, it's I've been hearing really good things about it uh, preview wise. Yeah. Hey, it's it is a fantastic summer game. I get it for your kids. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. It's there's some so, there's some uh, content in there that I don't know. See it for yourself. I'm not gonna make judgments for how you uh, buy games for your children. Make judgments? Hmm. Huh? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, you got me there, buddy. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I. Look, I am looking forward to playing this a lot. Tyler, you need to play a fucking Yakuza game all the way through and stop half-assing it. I do. Um, But yeah. That's looking forward to the future, Tyler. You want to get us started on the new games of this week? I do. There is a big one in there somewhere. Yes. Attack of the Earthlings on PS4. 
Attack of the Earthlings combines turn-based combat and stealth in a dark, comedic single-player campaign where you take control of the native alien race to defend your home world from invading humans. Next is Beat Cop on PlayStation 4 Digitally, a retro pixel art style adventure in New York inspired by 80s cop shows. Stay vigilant and quick-witted, but remember that if it if this work won't if this won't work, you can always do some old school jaw wrecking. It's the 80s after all. Wow. Okay. Wow. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Police <Yeah>. brutality. <laughs> Not cool. Wow. Next up is Bond, Bonds of the Skies on PS4 and Vita. Cross by a fantasy RPG with story with a story of friendship between humans and gods. The young uh, Eli, Ellie, I have no eel. Let's just say eel, I guess. I don't know. In the air, Grimoa, no guard, enter the pact and set off to find a find the demon who cast their town into the sea of flames. I, I scrolled down. I don't like how far I had to scroll. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Too many games on PSN. This art is awful for this next one. Next one is called Caretaker. The T looking like an axe. <laughs> it's on PlayStation 4 digitally. Caretaker is an immersive first-person horror experience. You're an investigative journalist who's hungry for flash for a flashy news story. You heard about a caretaker in the industrial facility who has gone insane. You can hardly read the 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 name because the red is just bad looking, and the graphic is like what? Are you sure? Yeah. Is, are you sure it's not just the angle of your? It is harder to read on your screen. My screen it's a little bit clearer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't think I should read this next one. Is Crash Dummy. We talked about this last week. Yeah, we did. It's There's too many games this week. Fuck it. Called Let's Crash go. Dummy. Uh, next up is Crimson Keep on PS4. Descend into the Crimson Keep, an ever-changing labyrinth full of monsters, traps, and treasure. Discover the sunken remains of an ancient castle and cleanse it of evil. Uncovering, uncovering secrets great power could be your only hope of escape mm. all right oh the big one this week devil may cry five on playstation 4 digital and retail the threat of demonic power has returned to menace the world once again in the latest entry to this over-the-top action series blending its signature high octane style stylized action and otherworldly original characters. This has gotten really great reviews. Yeah, I've seen so. good reviews for this, too. I, how cool. familiar are you with DMC? I have not played Devil May Cry games. The only thing I played is I rented DMC 3 back in the day, but I didn't play mm. through all the way. Um, I love these sorts of games, so this is one that I definitely want to play at some point. Yeah. And and I what I've heard is that it you can just jump into this one, really. So cool. Uh, next up is Doom and Destiny on PS4. Four nerds drawn into a fantasy world and mistaken for no. Heroes. This one we've. I feel like. Yeah, we've read yes, we, we read did. this last week. 
fuck it. You don't yes. get red twice if you put your game out and then delay it to the next week. <laughs> yes. Uh, so next up is Eternity, the last unicorn. PS4. Eternity, the last unicorn, is a full-featured action RPG inspired by tales of Norse mythology with classic game mechanics. Travel through mesmerizing locations, meet fantasy characters, and fight to protect the elven immortality. Hmm. Ooh, next up we have a ghoul boy, Dark Sword of Goblin, on PlayStation 4 and Vita, cross-buy digitally. Ghoul Boy is a retro-inspired styled action platformer that combines the action RPG genre with hack-and-slash gameplay. Slay as many monsters as you can, collect loot, and avoid dangerous traps and others. Uh, dangerous traps and defeat menacing bosses. Yeah. It's just scrolling through your list. There's another game that we read last week. Fucking fuck. Which one is it? Let me... Let me uh, actually, summer, summer Funland? Fucking fuck. If y'all are going to put out a video game, put out the damn video game. Don't put it on this list if you ain't out. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Uh, next up is I and Me on PS4 and Vita Cross-Buy. I and Me is a puzzle platformer. To play the game, you control two cats simultaneously who perform the same action, manage both of them at the same time, and coordinate their actions to complete the adventure. That seems hard because cats are fucking stubborn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cats do what the fuck they want they definitely do oh boy so the next cat one. has mm. no nose and they aren't what's up with that mm. next up is left alive Ooh. on playstation 4 digital and retail left alive tells a human story of survival from the perspective of three different protagonists during the devastating inv- invasion set in war-torn nova slava in 2127 experience the massive power gap between man and machine Interesting to note, they did not send review copies to anyone in the United States. No. Or just anyone in the... They just didn't send out review copies to anyone in the West. I didn't even see any, Euro, any like, Eurogamer or any coverage of this. Nope. That's probably for a reason I would wait on this to see what... See yeah. if anyone picks up and it's says... apparently and, getting slammed in, like, Japanese reviews. Yeah. So... To the point yeah. where they disabled the... I didn't put this article in there. They disabled the native ability to stream this on PlayStation 4. Um, wow. You could still use a capture card or whatever and do it that way, but, yeah. That's, that's insane. Jesus. Next up is Move or Die on PS4. Move or Die is an absurdly fast-paced four-player local and online party game where the mechanics change every 20 seconds. Oh, fuck. The very definition of a perfect friendship-ruining game. (laughs) Yeah, they've got it right there. Fucking shit. That sounds sort of fun. Okay. (laughs) Mm. Oh, boy. Okay. Night Trap. They're putting out Night Trap again. Where did it go? Where did it come out early? Did it? Come I out? thought it was on PS4 and Switch and PC. Okay. This, yeah, but Night Trap version. 25th Anniversary Edition is coming to PlayStation Vita. Originally developed by Digital Pictures in 1987 and released in 1992, Night Trap has been completely rebuilt for the PS4. They didn't even change the fucking description. Fuck this. Let's move on. Yeah. Next up is the Occupation on PS4, digital and retail. The Occupation is a first-person, fixed-time, immersive sin, sim, and investigative thriller set in Northwest England on October 24th, 1987. 
You play as a journalist in a detailed systems-driven world where people react to your actions. Hmm. You know, interesting thing. I, I've noticed a couple games this week. You, you notice a lot of uh, video game journalists going into game development, and now we're seeing games where the protagonist is a fucking journalist. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck's up with that? I don't know, Especially man. now, I mean, it's another thing, too. Like, we see all these fucking dad games because a lot of yeah, <laughs> developers lot of are, gets, are dads. Yeah. Just another thing, you yeah. know. Just stack that up on there. Let's move on here to Paraiso Island. Paraiso Paradiso Island is a free-to-play island life sim. Explore a cheerful tropical island, meet wacky animal residents, go fishing, or just relax and enjoy the scenery. Features a real-time day-night cycle, special events, and more surprises. This next one puzzles me. Mmm! Mmm! I hate it. (laughs) Poyo Poyo Tetris is out on PS4 digitally. It was out physically on PlayStation 4. Yes. It is just now getting a digital release. Two years later. I was pissed off when I... I I wanted to buy Puyo Puyo Tetris on PlayStation, but I I ended up buying it on Switch because that's the only place I could get it digitally. Yeah. Crazy. Puzzle... I wonder if that was a a deal with Nintendo or something. I don't fucking know. It feels like a strange deal to have. I don't know. Puzzle game juggernauts Tetris and Poyo Poyo collide to create a fast-paced competitive party game like no other. The game offers tons of gameplay styles, from single-player adventure to challenge modes to furiously competitive arcade modes for tons of Tetris slash Poyo variety. It's a good game. I have it on Switch. Uh, we should actually play it sometime. I... Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you any good at Tetris? I'm probably as good as Tetris as you saw me when we played Luminous. Luminous. Okay. Whatever. And you, um, I'm not, sh- I don't I'm think not. you've played Puyo Puyo, have you? No. That's, I, that's a weird one. No. I, I'm fine at Tetris. I wouldn't say I'm good at Tetris okay. at all. Like, it's just something that's never fully grabbed me. All right. Well, baseball is coming around this year and with it, not the show, RBI Baseball. <laughs> 19, which could also be called Not the Show. Yeah. <laughs> but it's out regardless. RBI Baseball 19 takes the field, delivering heightened authenticity for a genuine MLB experience. We've added hundreds of new animations, updated player models, every official 2019 uniform, more player gear, improved ball physics, yeah. and environments, and more. Love ball physics. Uh, Next up is Unknown Fate on PS4. You wake up alone with no memories of your past. Unknown Fate is a single-player, first-person puzzle adventure with a mysterious story, puzzles to solve, and enemies to defeat. Will you be able to find out who you really are? All right, I'm going to say it right now. Go fuck yourself if you don't release a game the week you put it here on this list. Vertigo Home, we've already read. Oh, God. Yes, we did. So this is four games this week that have doubled up. Yeah. Either they just didn't come out or they're coming out in different versions. I don't fully remember, but yeah, that's kind of crazy. Just put your game out on one day and just 
be done with it. Yeah. But like, we're about to be done with this. Hey, what? Yeah, I, I was just going to... Poyo Poyo Tetris is a different example yeah. because it's two years later they're putting out the fucking digital version, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. All right. Your toy is the final game on this list on PlayStation 4. Your toy is a third-person horror room escape game that features an advanced non-repeat puzzle system with challenging riddles, heart-pounding escape sequences, and a mysterious narrative that dives deep into your darkest subconsciousness. Okay. Uh, You can watch Aquaman, which is Mm. fine. That's a fine movie. It's got some... I will say this. Aquaman has some insanely sick shots in it. Just Mm. beautiful shit. Mm. Um, God, you can watch Naked and Afraid if you wanted to. Yeah, that game, I mean, that, that if that was a game, that would be weird. <laughs> but also, the show is really fucking weird. Yeah, that's I no, that's I watched that show once, and I'm like, I'll never need to see this again. I watched Hereditary, and that's a horror movie that came out last year, I think. That is a really good movie. Highly recommend it to people if you're into that stuff. But it it's also like genuinely really creepy and like really unsettling mm. sort of thing. Mostly because of its editing and sound design. Uh, kind of, I mean, not that they're everything in, in, in a way, but it kind of disappoints me that they didn't get any nods and Oscars for those two categories because, man, without those two things, that movie just, it wouldn't be as good as it is, but... Highly recommend that one. Hmm. We're going to go see Captain Marvel tomorrow. Hell yeah, I'm excited for that. I mean, I I love the Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the Marvel stuff is genuinely pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I just... Yeah, I... It'll be cool to see another Marvel movie. I like cool. to, I'd like to see how they begin to start the charge to, to Endgame. Yeah, like... It's probably most likely going to be some end sequence or post uh, credits sort of thing because this movie is a prequel, mm-hmm. which I think is a first in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But um, you know, it'll be cool to see another Marvel movie. They're they're always a good time. I'm, I just don't have the highest expectations for this one because just because the trailers never really did anything. But maybe that's a good thing. It's been getting good reviews. I'm looking forward to seeing it with you guys, though. Yeah, we we, we have a whole row. row. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like a first. Yeah. We have, it's the first time we've gotten everyone yeah. together. I think it's eight people yeah. we got going. Eight people in all. So, looking forward to it. Yep. Oh, man. I think it's supposed to snow tomorrow, though. Is it? But That's like an fucking inch. shame. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I have a Subaru. It's not too bad for me. Yeah. Worst case scenario, I just ride. Maybe my brother will drive. I'm not sure where my brother's coming. If if we're both leaving the house at the same time, mm-hmm. we'll probably just go in his Jeep or my Subaru. Probably won't take two cars. I think we're all meeting there. Okay. That's what I've been told. Okay. And that's fine with me. Awesome. Well, now that we've revealed our plans to go to, uh, I'm not going to say which theater... Let's wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, if you need to get in contact with us, with us, if we've got something horribly wrong or you just need to ask us a question, you can do that via email at playstationreportpodcast at gmail.com or via Twitter at PS Report Podcast. 
You can find me at the Arctic Sloth, and you can find Tyler and his YouTube channel at Plugged On Vids. Tyler, we're about to go do some more radio stuff. Yeah, some more talking. So until next week, would you all just be good to each other, play your video games, and eat them chicken nuggets, baby.